Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to Scran, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and on this episode, I took a trip to the Port of Leith to visit Fingal, a Stevenson lighthouse yacht which has been converted into a luxury hotel. The team behind the project have seafaring experience already, having run the Royal Yacht Britannia for the last 25 years. I was intrigued to see just how Fingal has secured and maintained the number one hotel in Edinburgh spot on TripAdvisor. Casey Ross, Director of Marketing for both ships, gave me a tour of this singular hotel and talked about the unique process of converting a yacht into a bespoke hotel. What we've tried to do with the, the renovation of Fingal is give reflections of her history, of her career, of her time that she spent working for the Northern Lighthouse Board. I also met Executive Chef Mark Alston, who told me all about the challenges and opportunities presented by being in charge of multiple galley kitchens. He shared his experience of cooking for celebrities and royalty, as well as how working with their clients is key to achieving their very high standards. We don't have gas on board, so for chefs that have been accustomed to working in kitchens where they've cooked on gas, vast majority of their career, like myself, when you came on board and you're cooking with electric, it, it does make a difference and you have to adjust how you do things. I'm delighted that we are launching the Scotsman's Grand Awards, with 16 category awards to recognise Scotland's flourishing dining, drinking and hospitality sector. We want to hear about the individuals, establishments and products that make the Scottish food and drink sector what it is, so nominate them now at www.scranawards.co.uk, no later than the 12th of May. Categories include Scottish Chef of the Year, Sustainability Award, Newcomer of the Year and Best Whiskey, plus many, many more. All finalists will be invited to attend a special awards ceremony on June the 19th at Platform in Glasgow. Thank you to our headline partner, Ben Reeves Distillery, and our category sponsors, Chefworks, Scotch Whiskey Association and Glasgow Distillery, without which the event wouldn't be possible. I'm Casey Rust and I'm the Director of Marketing for the Royal Yacht Britannia and Fingal. We've just walked into this amazing room on Fingal, so Casey, could you tell us where we are and describe it as well, please? So we're on board Fingal, a luxury floating hotel and actually Scotland's only luxury floating hotel. So Fingal is uh, owned by the Royal Yacht Britannia. The Royal Yacht Britannia has been in Edinburgh for 25 years, open as an attraction. And um, back in 2016, we looked at 
purchasing another yacht and here we stand today on Fingal. Fingal was purchased really to complement the Royal Yacht Britannia. So we opened uh, Fingal as a luxury floating hotel in 2019. Where we're standing today is the ballroom. To give you a little bit of background with Fingal, she was formerly a Northern Lighthouse Board vessel. So in 1963, she was commissioned. She was actually based up in Oban, but she did come to Leith quite a number of times. But as a Northern Lighthouse Board vessel, she was used to take the lighthouse keepers and the stores, all their foods and wares up to the lighthouses that are, were around the Scottish coast and up around the Western Isles. Obviously, as we have the Royal Yacht Britannia, the Royal Yacht Britannia has quite a story as it was the former Royal Yacht and as does Fingal. So what we've tried to do with the, the renovation of Fingal is give reflections of her history, of her career, of her time that she spent working for the Northern Lighthouse Board. As we go around, what you'll see is there's lots of touches that you are on a yacht. There's lots of naval nods, there's lots of nods to lighthouses. All of the cabins on board, all of our cabins uh, are named after Stevenson lighthouses. Where we're standing just now is the ballroom. And the ballroom actually was the former hold of the yacht. Um, so this is where they would have kept all the, the supplies and the boxes, etc. here. Um, it's quite a vast room. Where what we've done is we've kept the kind of reflection that you are on a yacht. So you see the curves of the vessel, of the walls, um, very much still a nod to her past. Um, you'll see here we have a winding staircase that leads us down to the ballroom and here we have um, glass and this glass is called bullseye glass and this is actually what they would have used to um, make the portholes that you'd see on, on ships. So a real nod to it. Um, so it's really quite unique because you do get this feeling you are on a vessel. Today we can hold weddings on board, you can get married on board Fingal. Um, or you can hire Fingal exclusively for dinners and drinks receptions. If we walk down the staircase, then that leads us into the, the other parts of the yacht. Okay, let's go. So the ceiling in the ballroom um, looks like shimmering water, essentially, and that's why we, we, we love it so much. The, the designers that we worked with for Fingal worked on hotels in, in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, your seven, your eight, and nine-star hotels. We were looking for something really quite unique. And again, I was talking about this connection to water, to Fingal's Pass, um, and also to her, you know, her heritage. And this ceiling does look like shimmering water. And you'll see it in our lighthouse bar and restaurant, and you'll see it in the ballroom. Um, so when you look up, it reflects the light beautifully. Um, it creates a real sort of ambiance. And it does look quite copper, because what's reflecting off it is the warmth of the wooden wall that we have and the designers actually originally saw it in Abu Dhabi airport and we believed at that point and we still believe there's maybe that's the only place that has this ceiling there may be more places now but yes quite a unique ceiling when you look up but it really creates a beautiful beautiful mirror effect we moved from the small but striking ballroom into a corridor with some very original interiors give our guests a little bit of a surprise when we're taking them around. Again, it's unique to actually be on board the yacht. And here we have Fingal's engine room. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's very industrial compared to what else we've seen. Red kind of iron floor and loads of windows into exactly that, the engine. <laughs> It is quite unique when we're taking around guests and we'll give every one of our, our guests a, a, a 
tour of the yacht because it is so unique. It's not just a building, a stationary building. She's had a life, she's had a past, and this is really the hub. And that's what we wanted to reflect, was this is what kept her going in her career. When we first opened, what was really interesting is you could actually walk in here and still smell the diesel. And we were keen for that to happen. Less so now, obviously, as time has gone on. She's obviously not sailing. The engine isn't going. But you could really smell that diesel. And we didn't want to deny her past. This is really what kept her going over those choppy seas going up on the west coast of Scotland, fighting through that water to get those lighthouse keepers to the lighthouses. What also is reflected is some of the colours in the hotel. So you see actually here, these items here are sort of green, a light green. It's called seafoam green. And you will see that colour of reflected in our cabins. And could it still move if it needed to? Could all this be kicked into gear or is it I not I don't really? believe so. Obviously her propellers are probably gone and we've cut holes in the side for the end doors of entrance. It's like, in that respect, it's different to the, her sister ship, the Royal Yacht Britannia, which the engine room is sparkling. And I'm always, in, in, you know, the engineers, if they ever come back, who worked on board Britannia, saying, yes, we could start her up. But again, her propellers have gone. But um, no, I think she's permanently berthed here now. So This is massive and obviously it's nice to see it, but I can imagine it's from a logistics point of view good to have kept it because I can't imagine how you would have taken it. <laughs> I mean when you talk about that when we were restoring the yacht there was a lot of work went on and it was a good few years that we obviously she sat in the dock here she actually just sat nearby here and that's where we did the restoration work it was a five million pound refit what we had to do is take out the funnel so we lifted out the funnel to put the lift and that was really interesting so yeah there was a lot of work required but because it, it was the same team behind the Royal Yacht Britannia we knew all about yachts but I think we've, we've been quite sympathetic to her previous career the corridors at Fingal have these beautiful images of lighthouses and they were all taken by this gentleman Ian Cow and they're all the actual images of the lighthouses of which the cabins are named after but also other lighthouses they're all Stevenson lighthouses so for anyone that doesn't know what is a Stevenson lighthouse you'll have heard of Treasure Island and Robert Louis Stevenson the author so it was in that family they were all engineers architects they were designers and they designed lighthouses one of them so Stevenson who designed many of the lighthouses you'll see in the west coast of Scotland going round the coast of Scotland and the author Robert Louis Stevenson was actually slightly the black sheep they expected him to go into being an engineer and he didn't. He ended up writing very successful books, but I believe was still not enough. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's of that very famous lineage. But the Stevenson Lighthouse are very distinctive. And are any of them still going? Are they all kind of out of commission now? So this month, March, is the 25th anniversary of the very last lighthouse in Scotland being manned. But obviously we still work very closely with the Northern Lighthouse Board. The, the former crew of Fingal come back. Casey showed us one of the suites which had been creatively designed across two levels to feel large and luxurious despite the constraints of repurposing a yacht. This is lovely. We can see the green that we saw in the engine room and there is a very nice smell, if you'd like to tell us about that. Yeah, so each of our 22 cabins are all very much consistent. When you go in, it's a kind of immersive experience. Everything's very tactile, including immersive in terms of scent. 
And so we work with British manufacturer Noble Isle, who produce scents um, inspired by all four corners of the British Isles. And Fingal has its own scent, which is Willow Song. So the walls here are seagrass. You can actually touch the walls and feel the seagrass. All very sustainable as well. But then also we have our heather colour. And the heather colour is reflected in our very own Fingal Tartan. And each of the cabins has a bedspread. And that is woven in our Fingal Tartan, which was developed by Araminta Campbell. And you'll see here there's the green and the heather colour of the land. And then we go slowly into the sea. And then what we see across uh, the Fingal Tartan is actually the lighthouse light going right across. So it's, again, always reflecting back to her past, past career, if you like. And then each of the beds has a, a headboard. And this is stitched with the coordinates, the map coordinates um, of where each of the lighthouses that this cabin is named after. So we're standing in Ornsey and here we can see on the headboard is the embroidered lighthouses to where Ornsey is in the Scottish coast. We're standing in Fingal's largest suite, presidential suite, which is called Skerryvore. What's lovely is that um, there's a lovely, Fingal has a nice royal connection. Obviously we have our sister yacht, um, the Royal Yacht Britannia. So Princess Anne is actually the patron of the Northern Lighthouse Board. And she actually had a cabin on board Fingal. What it is, her cabin was actually based to the other side of this cabin. It's much smaller and it's actually now the bathroom, but she did have a cabin. So when we were going through the um, restoration process, she actually came and visited quite a few times to see how we were getting on. What's lovely about all the cabins is that they have this chair here and all the chairs are based on the design of the uh, radio communicators chairs and we gifted one to Princess Anne when she came and visited when we were still going through the, the build and she was absolutely delighted but what's lovely is she's actually been come she's come back and stayed she's also come back and dined and her mother also came so the Queen has dined um, in our lighthouse restaurant and bar um, so a lovely royal connection and a nice seal of approval from them. So with regards to Skerryvore, it is our largest cabin. You'll see all the same touches that you'll see in all the other cabins, but what we have is an area to dine. So we have a large um, dining table where you can actually enjoy dinner here or your breakfast here. Would the, some clientele choose this for the private dining because they're a bit famous? Uh, yes, we've had we've had some notable names. We've had sort of celebrities, obviously we've had royalty. What makes Fingal so unique is that we are, yes, we're based in, you know, the vibrant area of Leith but where we are is we're sort of tucked away in this sort of quite tranquil dock. Fingal feels like you're sitting in a bubble really. Anything could be going on out there and, and, and you're kind of because today is quite rainy and windy but you know you don't really sense it so yes there's a lot of privacy. What's lovely here as well is that you can actually privately hire Fingal so we have had people of note privately hire Fingal but also you can take our bridge for dining which is just upstairs so there's lots of options So what would you say are the sort of main challenges or positives about being running a business from a boat? Because Fingal, the team behind Fingal have been running the Royal Yacht Britannia you know, for 25 years um, we knew yachts there are other, let's say, boats rather than yachts you can stay in, I think in America, down in London but what we wanted to do was really create that aspect of luxury so I think 
rather than a, a challenge, it's just made us unique in that sense. Yes, there's always going to be challenges when you're restoring it and thinking about things like the cabins. Each of the wardrobes and each of the beds has been, you know, individually built around the kind of shapes and sizes of the cabins. But that's why we talk about cabins. We don't talk about rooms, we talk about cabins. But that's what makes us unique. So, yes, there probably were challenges when they were they were building it, but actually it's now what's putting us out at the forefront. So we're sort of in the spring... What are your plans for this year? We've been lucky enough that just towards the end of last year, we received our two AA rosettes for the restaurant and bar. We've got our five um, stars for the hotel from the AA. And I think it's just continuing who we are, what we are investing in our crew. I think it's just keep doing what we're doing, trying to develop um, definitely our team and yeah, and we maintain our number one spot as Edinburgh's number one hotel. So what are your thoughts on the tram coming to Fingal? Uh, we're actually really excited. We've obviously watched it develop over the past few years. So to actually know that it's coming in the next few weeks um, is really exciting for us. We're, it's a privilege to be in Leith. Leith's got a lot going on um, as a destination for food and drink, as a vibrant area for cafes, restaurants. I mean, it's got, you know, two, three Michelin star restaurants. There's a lot going on in Leith. So to have a tram come down here is, is great. We're delighted and especially to come from the airport. And what we'll have is a tram stop right outside. So it's perfect for us. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm joined by Mark Alston, who is the executive chef on Fingal. How are you? Very well, how are you? Good, thanks. We are in the lovely surroundings of the ship. So could you just tell us a little bit about how you started in this job? I started cooking. It was actually at university. I was studying hotel management and I got the opportunity to move into the kitchen at the university and I started cooking at a local hotel, Damohoy, Hunt Country Club outside Edinburgh. My career Went from strength to strength there. I moved down to London, worked at the Mandano Rental for a number of years, came back up to Edinburgh and Scotland, and eventually got a position as executive sous at Royal Yacht Britannia. Took over as exec chef a few years later, and 2018, 2019, we purchased Fingal, her out, and I designed all the kitchens for Fingal. And did you always want to have a job in hospitality or chefing? Have you come from that kind of background? or Not so much the background, but I think I fell in love with cooking when I was at uni. I realised it was something I quite liked doing. Um, when I went to Damohoy, I got the opportunity to work in a professional kitchen and I just loved the buzz and the feel of it. Um, and for anyone that's uh, never been here before, can you tell us a bit about what's on the menu? Fingal, the menus are based around local produce, seasonality. The afternoon tea menu, you have a selection of savouries. We have an amuse-bouche that we serve to everyone. You got a nice selection of uh, sweets and desserts. Our pastry chef participated in the Masterclass of Chocolatiers a number of years ago, so we're very fortunate to have him. He designs all the sweet treats for afternoon teas. Uh, the dinner menu, again, is seasonal. We have a lot of um, fish on there. We use scallops from Orkney. Um, we've got crab on the menu at the moment, cod on the menu, duck, roe deer, things like that. Nice. Um, and you talked about designing the kitchen, so this is obviously not your usual industrial kitchen, is it, if it's on a boat? No, we actually have three galleys. The main galley where the majority of the cooking's done is down below the waterline, actually in the old fuel tanks of the ship. Um, when we first came on board, 
they were unrecognisable to what they are now. They were just, you could smell the diesel and oil and everything, which has all been thankfully cleaned out. The space we were given, just like a blank canvas, and we had to design it in such a way that we were going to future-proof it, so that no matter what we did with the ship in the future, we'd be able to cater for the guests that came on board. It's quite difficult to forward think two, three, five years down the line as to what you might be producing, what you might not be producing. But we've pretty much set them up pretty well so far. Um, they, they're still evolving, as the ship is, as the menus are. We have another two kitchens, one which services the ballroom, which is for weddings up to about 30 or 40, 60 people. And the top kitchen, which services the lighthouse restaurant and bar. We serve breakfast from there, afternoon tea, and dinner. So the challenge is for the chefs that each service, they prepare everything in the main galley and have to bring it up three flights, three decks, and then service it for each individual service thing. And are they quite small or are they, are they sort of normal sized? The main galley downstairs is pretty big. We've got a good sized kitchen down there. The banqueting kitchen for the ballroom is pretty small and the smallest one is the one that we service the restaurant. Um, and it's quite a luxurious venue, they both are, so have you, have you had anyone sort of famous that you've cooked for? Across both ships in the entire time I've been here, we've had quite a few. A lot of celebrious people and members of the royal family over the years. And how is that? Do you, does, do you feel nervous or is it just like anyone else? They're just like anyone else. You're in the kitchen, you're cooking, so your plate of food would be this, treated the same as anyone else's plate of food. So we're all getting cooked as if we're royalty? <laughs> Technically, yes, you could say that. <laughs> at the Mandan Oriental, I always remember the dish and it looked like an orange, it was actually patty. Like It was quite a sort of, or felt like from the outside looking in, that it was quite advanced at the time. It was all kind of very sort of pushing forward with the types of things they were doing. I think Mandarin it? at the time down in London was and still is at the cutting edge and leading from the front and what the hotels do and what they do in the restaurants and things and like that. And is that something you feel like then you've taken on into your other oh, roles? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, I've always wanted to go and work in the best properties that I could go and work in because I think that's where you gain the best experience. And what would you say is your career highlight so far? Well, there's many. I mean, opening Fingal was one. Becoming the exec chef at Britannia was another. That was a great achievement. Fingal's recently been awarded two rosettes in the restaurant, which is a great accolade for the team here specifically, because they're the guys who got the award, not me personally standing cooking in the kitchen, but it's an accolade to the guys and for the hotel. What's the best meal you've ever eaten and where? There's two. One was Epicure, which is a restaurant at the Hotel Bristol in Paris. Uh, it's got three stars, and recently I went to Lecume. Oh, how was that? Lovely, uh, which is uh, Simon Rogan's place down in the Lake District. Both were exceptional. Yeah. Is that they both Michelin starred? Both got three. And how do you feel the fine dining scene in Scotland's coming on? Because I know Edinburgh's always kind of had a lot of fine dining, Michelin stars. Glasgow's coming up a bit as well. What are your thoughts on that? I think Edinburgh has got a lot of smaller restaurants that are also very good that don't get the recognition that sometimes I think they deserve. So what would be the main differences for cooking every day in the restaurant versus cooking for like a big banquet? For the the client events that we have on Britannia and for here, we write everything bespoke for the clients that come to Fingal. So as there's a lot of work involved in meeting with the clients and deciding the perfect menu that they want for their particular wedding. The restaurant, the main difference is the chefs have the freedom to create whatever they want to create and they can let the flair really go and with the local ingredients that they're getting um, and with the seasons and as it changes. And then the customers they can pick from the menu whatever they decide. And is that quite common where chefs can just kind of go off on a creative tangent or have you been places where it's quite strict that you've got to do certain things? 
I've been in both. So a lot of the big properties that you have, they're quite restricted by head office and what they've got to tell you you've got to cook and how you've got to do it and things. But Britannia and Fingal, Fingal especially, because we're so small, the chefs pretty much have the freedom to create whatever they like. And if a dish goes on the menu and it gets good reviews, it stays on. If it doesn't, we tweak it and change it and it evolves. And do you have a favourite dish just now? The scallop dish just now is good. I like that. The smoker-owned hot smoked salmon. So that's been a mainstay in the menu. It's been on since we opened. So I suppose you could say it was a signature dish. And the chef over here, Brendan, he's created the recipe for it and it gives it our own unique flavour. And that dish has evolved over the last few years since we've been open. Do you smoke it on the ship? Yeah, we've got our own smoker. Is that quite common or not, really? I wouldn't say so, no, I don't think so. I think some people do have smokers, but I don't think it's terribly common. We talked about this recently and I was discussing whether or not I could smoke salmon in my flax out of a garden, but <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not a good idea, no. <laughs> You'd probably need to have it out in the garden. All the fire alarms going off. All the fire alarms would go off, yes. <laughs> We stepped into the restaurant galley to sample Fingal's signature dish, smoked salmon. So we're in the kitchen now. Is what what kitchen is this? Is this the one for the bar? Yeah. This is the restaurant kitchen. Yes. Um, and we're looking at the lovely smoked salmon, which is in front of us on a nice wooden board with some dips. So this is our hot smoked salmon that we smoke on board the ship, cucumber relish, and we've got some creme fraiche there with some herbs through it. So I'll just try it. It's really fresh, but really not too smoky, but just yeah, just nice, quite very meaty, very good. I'm sure relish, really good. Relish, mm. mm. It's quite um, pickled, quite sharp. It's nice. Goes really well with salmon. So, what would be the differences between being a chef on Fingal versus Britannia? They're two completely different ships. Britannia operates mainly looking after corporate clients, so it's a lot of banqueting, a lot of events that we do. It's a lot of high numbers. We also have a tea room across there which uh, looks after the day visitors. Now in August, when we're at the height of the season, you can do 600 people a day in the tea room. So there's a lot of cooking that goes on over there. Fingal differs, it's smaller. The chefs have a lot more freedom to create menus and change them more as and when they see fit. But the kitchens and the logistics on Britannia are different from Fingal in the sense that Fingal's kitchens were redesigned bespoke for Fingal. Britannia, we've got restrictions over there that we, because of the age of the ship and its heritage. We can't go ripping out walls and things like that to make the kitchens bigger. So we have to work with what we've got and the space we're given on Britannia. So there's more logistical challenges over there than what there is here. So as well as the space, is there any other challenges associated with cooking from a ship? I suppose the major challenge is always going to be logistics. It's moving your deliveries when they come in. Our delivery drivers um, are great, and the companies that we buy from are great because they bring their produce directly to the kitchens. So it's not just going to a back door off the street. They need to come on board and bring it up to the kitchen level. Uh, the logistics are as well challenging if you're having to move food from one area to another, to different kitchens and different rooms. It's difficult for the staff, for the chefs who are working on board. You do have to get accustomed. The ships do move. They don't move massively, but then sometimes they'll lean to one side or another. And when the weather is choppy, you do feel them moving more fingles rather than Britannia. Britannia being that little bit bigger. So that's a challenge. The other challenge as well that the decks are never level. So none of the kitchens are perfectly level. Even when we are sitting still and straight, there's always a camber on the decks. 
so you're always we don't have gas on board so for chefs that have been accustomed to working in kitchens where they've cooked on gas vast majority of their career like myself when you came on board and you're cooking with electric it, it does make a difference and you have to adjust how you do things yeah that's interesting because you wouldn't think that you were i mean obviously we know we're on a boat we're in water but you wouldn't think it really moves so it's interesting to know that it does sometimes. well the ships definitely move 100%. Working in Britannia as well, is it giving you, you said it's different, it's like you can't do much to the kitchens as in make them bespoke, is it giving you an idea of what it must have been like for people when, when it was a royal yacht going about everywhere, like maybe it was quite difficult for the chefs then? I think back in the day when Britannia was at sea, the life in the kitchens would have been a hell of a lot harder than what it is now. Because I've seen the fridges that are way down in the lower decks on Britannia and they used to have members, well, I suppose it would be young sailors, who would have to put the produce in lifts and send it upstairs to the chefs as and when they wanted it. And some of the stairways that they had to go up were, were very narrow, so it must have been really difficult, especially when you probably were out in choppy seas. And you've probably got quite a discerning audience to please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Due to this experience, would you ever see yourself taken to the high seas? I have thought about it, going on the cruise ships and things like that, but at the moment I'm quite happy where I am. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. My final stop by my visit to Fingal was in the restaurant bar where food and beverage manager Andrew Smith told us all about their bespoke gin and signature cocktail. So we're now in the bar, which is lovely. It's got a kind of hammered copper ceiling, mirrors all the way around the back gantry. It's a very art deco. Lots of copper for measuring out their uh, spirits and cocktail shakers and ice bucket. Nice kind of green marble top. It's lovely. Art, art Deco, but modern Art Deco. Uh, modern Art Deco. So this is our house uh, gin cocktail, uh, signature dish. So the Fingal Gin, which is made by a local distillery, uh, which is Linden Lime, uh, Leith Distilleries. So they've made a bespoke gin for us uh, to our ingredients. Um, the most uh, sort of local ingredients that we use are lemon, verbena, and Scots Lovage, which we grow at the back of the ship. And also we use uh, our own Fingal tea, which is by a local tea producer, Peco Tea. So we use that within the gin itself. And uh, we've asked the gin maker to add a, a little extra of the grapefruit peel. But instead of using dehydrated grapefruit peel, which is quite common, uh, we've asked for fresh grapefruit peel because we want that to be the signature uh, flavour map uh, within our gin. So today I'm going to make you the gin cocktail. Uh, the gin is already chilled down to minus 24 so we add a little bit of again local ingredients where we can. We use a local martini which is uh, from Edinburgh. At the moment they're only doing the martini dry and martini rosso but they have another two coming out very soon. We just give it a gentle shake because it's already chilled to 24 degrees. We just chill it, give it a little bit of ice through it uh, just to chill it down a little bit more. So we fine strain this into a glass, which has been blast chilled using liquid CO2. So that's, uh, that chills the glass right down to uh, minus, about minus 30 instantly. And then we fine strain the, the gin martini into that. And it's garnished with a pickled Malfi lemon. Mm, that's good though. Strong, but really cold and really clean and very, very good. It'd be nice with every side olives. Yes, uh, <laughs> but we have, bespoke olives uh, done for us so the the olives that we ask uh, 
a local uh, grocer to do is uh, marinated in chilli. Uh, so we use um, very, very fine red chillies uh, through the, the spirit actually within the olives itself, uh, just to give a good balance with the, the martini. You always shake a martini, don't you? Uh, not always. Uh, like James Bond. <laughs> contrary to James Bond, it depends on the ingredients you're using, and it depends on martini. Gin, a lot of there's a misconception that shaking it bruises a gin, but there's no such thing. Uh, really, all you're doing is it just dilutes it a little bit more, and you can get cracked ice through the martini. Whereas if you stir it, stir it gently, you're chilling the glass down as quickly as you can, and retaining the alcohol content of the spirit because you're not diluting it as much. And can you just tell me a little bit about the bottle, which is a little uh, wee lighthouse? So we managed to source uh, a lovely little lighthouse bottle, uh, and the reason for that is to add a little bit of show to the cocktail. We are a lighthouse tender ship, uh, so we try and use as many items within the, the cocktails and the menu itself to reflect that, um, whether it be nautical or lighthouse-based. Um, and these bottles are bespokely made for us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks to my guests on this episode and thanks to you two for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. Scran is a laudable podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton.